Hey everyone, welcome to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Marie-Pierre, and for all my English friends out there, you can call me Marie. I am a registered dietitian with a background in psychology. My passion in life is to help individuals heal their relationship with food and their bodies. If you're tired of dieting and tired of restriction, you are at the right place. I'm hoping that this podcast will help and support you as you heal your own relationship with food and your body and give you the tools, the resources, and the knowledge that you need to finally ditch the diets. Every week, you will be hearing from guest experts and myself on all things food, body, and mind. I am so happy that you're here and I cannot wait to support you on your journey. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you are doing well. Happy December. How are we feeling about the holidays coming up? I'm always like, this time of year always brings me back to being so reflective on my own journey. Because I remember a time where holidays were the worst. Like, backtrack. Like I used to love Christmas, love holidays, love spending time with my family. As you guys may know by this point, I'm half French, half Italian. So these celebrations are huge. There's always food. It used to be such a joyful time. And during my disordered years, this time was the most stressful time. Holidays became just so scary and so full of anxiety and like planning and micromanaging and trying to think about how I could like basically figure out a way to eat the least amount and still feel okay and train and do all the things. And it became a freaking puzzle and something that I started to really hate. And having healed my relationship with food in my body, it's so cool to find pleasure in holidays again and really connecting to the experience of being with family and being present and enjoying food and celebrating with food and all of these aspects that come with living as a human and experiencing life this way that for so many years, diet culture took away from me. And I don't know where you are on your journey as you're listening to this. I'm hopeful that you are in a space where you're also going to be able to enjoy the holidays and make the best out of it. And if you're not there yet, I hope that this can inspire you to know that we get to get back to that point. Just because it's hard right now doesn't mean that it will remain hard. Just because right now our relationship to food and body may not be where we want it to be does not mean that it stays there, right? You have so much power and I really believe in the power of healing. And I really believe that you get to do this for yourselves too. Knowing the uh, limitation of diet culture and all of these different layers I really do believe that we all get to find a space where we can make peace with food and our body and navigate all of these different challenges with so much more ease and confidence. So I hope that this inspires you that if you're not there yet, it can be. And if you need support, you can always reach out. You know where to find me. DM me on Instagram. You know that I'm here with you. Or if you don't know, I am here with you. This is meant to be such a joyous time. And I know that oftentimes it doesn't feel that way. All that to say, I am thinking about you and just know that your healing is also possible and you deserve that too. Now, today on the podcast episode, I'm so excited because we have Summer Inanen who is there with us. And today we are talking about body image and self-worth and more precisely how we can start detaching our self-worth from our body image. 
This is a huge topic, guys. And if you've been in my world for a while, our own self-worth and body image and the value that we attach to body sizes is something that's been ingrained in our brain for so long. I adored this conversation with Summer. She is so knowledgeable when it comes to all things like body image and shame and self-worth. And it's just been such a cool conversation. I hope that you're going to get so much out of this one. And if you have any comments, please send us a message on Instagram on the latest post. Let me know what you thought about this episode. And if you love this episode, I'd love, 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 love if you take a moment to leave us a review on Apple podcast. It really helps us increase the awareness behind the podcast. It helps us reach more people and share this message. So again, if you have 30 seconds, 60 seconds to just pop into your Apple podcast, I would love, love, love. And yeah, thank you so much in advance. Now on this note, let's get to the podcast episode. Hello, Summer. I'm so happy that you're here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here too. Yeah, I'm excited for us to connect again. I connected when we were on your podcast like a few months ago. So I was like super pumped that we get to just talk again. Me too, me too. Yeah, and today we're talking about self-worth and body image, which I think are like two like really big subjects. And I think oftentimes like the subjects that providers don't want to talk about because it's like, a lot and like heavy and deep. So I know that the listeners are going to get so much from this. I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But before we get into the podcast episode, could we tell us more, if you could tell us more a little bit about you, your story, what got you to do this work? Sure. Yeah, sure. Just professionally, I'm a professionally trained life coach with a particular specialty in body image and self-worth and confidence. And I've been doing this now for like over eight years, specifically in this one little realm. And what led me to that was really my own relationship with food and my body. So I, growing up, I just, I don't remember a time where I felt comfortable in my body. I grew up through the eighties, which was when it was very normal to be dieting. It's still normal now, but it was like, I feel like it was even more expected. And my mom was a chronic dieter and I was bullied for my body a lot. Even though I had like a straight size body as a kid, I was still like bullied quite a bit because I guess I just wasn't as skinny as like some of the other kids and whatnot. So I really kind of internalized this belief that there was something wrong with me and in particular something wrong with my body. And if I could fix whatever was wrong with my body, then I could fix whatever was wrong with me. I didn't have that awareness then. (laughs) I've only have that awareness uh, in the last decade or more, but that is what ultimately led me to have a pretty disordered relationship with food and in particular exercise. I think I went on my first quest to try and lose weight when I was around the age of like 12 or 13. And, and it was just dabbling with it and then experiencing the social feedback from it. So people saying, Oh, like you look like you, you may have lost weight or you're looking better. And that just obviously puts gasoline on the fire and, and, and things got progressively worse in particular through my twenties. That's when things got particularly intense as it relates to compulsive exercise and 
And I thought everything I was doing was healthy. I thought that the way I was eating was healthy. I thought that the amount of movement I was doing was healthy. Like I really didn't think that what I was doing was disordered. I thought it was normal. And I think that's because it is so normalized. Those behaviors are celebrated. They're normalized. And it wasn't until I started to experience health consequences as a result of my behaviors that I realized that there was actually an issue going on. So I was struggling. Like I just didn't feel like myself. It didn't matter what I did. I could not lose weight. Like I remember just doing some ridiculous thing and ended up gaining weight. And I was like, what's wrong? I just felt like there was something wrong with my body. Something wrong with me. I thought I was broken. I remember seeing multiple doctors and they were not helpful at all. In fact, they were kind of sent me down an even more damaging path, but finally found a naturopathic doctor who was able to look at all of my hormones, look at what I was doing. And she said to me, like, you have the hormones of a postmenopausal woman and you're 32 years old or however old I was then. And that was really that my wake up call moment when I was like, oh, like, well, first of all, I was more upset that she was telling me I couldn't exercise as much anymore because that was one of her recommendations. She was like, we need to, that she was the one who really brought to attention, like what I was eating and that I was under eating and over exercising. But once I got past that initial like reaction, I started to really think, oh, there's something really not right here. Like I, maybe I do actually have an issue with food or an an issue with myself. And that's when I did a lot of work around that and got support around that and started to really make the connection that it was really because of my body image. It was because for all these years, I've just been at war with my body and hated my body. And that was really coming from the fact that's how I valued myself. That's how I was taught to value myself. And that's how our culture taught us to value ourselves. And, and that it was really a matter of like discovering who I was and divesting my sense of self-worth from my body. That's what I needed to do. That's when I really started to put those pieces together. And at the time I was working as a nutritionist, which is scary, but I think a lot of people who are in the nutrition field also have disordered habits. That's often what brings us into that field. And I just remember like seeing the same things pop up with my clients. They hated their bodies. They were on these restricted binge cycles and it was just this repeated pattern. And I realized like the real trigger to all of this is the way we feel about our body and the way that we've been taught to value ourselves. And if we can help people with that, then that can really help people heal their relationship with food in addition to obviously like doing work to heal your relationship with food too. And so that's when I really shifted how I was working with people and stopped practicing nutrition and and went and did some life coaching courses and whatnot to really focus in on that because that life coaching had made a huge difference to me in my own recovery process too. And that is where I got to where I am. And I don't really, I just, I don't really think negatively about my body anymore. I I hold body privilege. So I think that's important to call out if you're not seeing what I look like. I am in a straight size body. And so that is something that I think needs to be acknowledged in this, but yeah, just go about my day. And like, sometimes I'll like what I see when I look in the mirror and sometimes I won't, but it just doesn't have that emotional impact on me. It's not make or break. It doesn't make or break me. It's just, it is what it is. It's neutral. And, and I really know my value outside of that now. And I think that it's just like a, it's a really freeing place to be. And that's what motivates me to help others to do that as well. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that so much. I'm like writing notes that you're speaking because I'm like, there's so many gems just in your story. And like the way that like the self-awareness, like slowly built in into, oh wait, like this is not 
okay and I think a lot of people can relate to your story like I think when you're we're young and like all of these things happen it just it's so easy for us to blame our body like just to turn everything inwards on like I am the issue like I don't fit in I don't belong especially when we're like children and that's what we want like we want friends and we want to connect and when we feel like our body is that barrier like how much that is impactful in terms of then our relationship with food and our body like moving forward yeah and I think you bring up a good point there just about I'm a I've come to realize that I'm a very sensitive person and I don't think that was necessarily like taught to me as a child and so I think that that the body shame and like the constant pursuit of thinness was almost like a shield to protect me from whether it was judgment or rejection or it because I experienced things much more acutely than some other people because of my more sensitive nature. And so mm-hmm. I think that that might resonate with people too, because I feel if you're a more sensitive person than that, you turn to these coping mechanisms as a way to like really protect yourself because, because yeah. things like judgment feel like such a threat, things like that shame just feels like you just want to run so far away from it. So yeah. you'd rather just like count calories and spend hours in a gym than, than yeah. actually feel stuff. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. It's like our body becomes this like magnet for all the negativity. And it is protective because when we are hyper-focused on like bodies and food and all these things, like we can't really deal with the rest of the world. Like when you're undernourished and just hyper-focused on it, like everything else just is not there. All the green juice is on this. It is protective in a way. Maladaptive, we don't love it. And we like want to move away from it. And it is so protective when we do that, especially in the society that we're in that also then reinforces that message of, yeah, and if you are thinner, it is actually better and you should do this. And that's constantly there. And I think that's what you said. Like so many of our behaviors are just praised by diet culture. So we don't even realize how actually harmful it is. And yeah. I remember my story was very similar in that sense that I was like, when someone pointed it out to me, I was like, it's almost like it creates like a huge incoherence of like, I don't understand. Like, I understand what you're saying, but I don't understand you're saying because like this is what I was taught and I'm doing all of these things to reach this goal that's going to finally make me feel like acceptable and now you're telling me that what I'm doing here was wrong and it's just such a weird disconnection oh yeah and yeah and a lot of times you're just not ready because to hear it because of the what you assume to be like these dire consequences of what (laughs) because it just feels like almost life-threatening to not be able to pursue thinness anymore yeah 100 percent. so today we really want to talk about body image and our self-worth and how they can so easily get merged together again especially with diet culture which i think just everybody knows how we feel about diet culture on this podcast it's the worst but if we were to define like what is body image for someone who is listening to this who's like oh it feels like such a big thing like how can we break it down into understanding like what actually like body image is yeah I mean in short it's the way that you feel about your body. <laughs> However, I tend to take it another step further and that I look at it's how much you value, you know, yourself based on your body. So in order to, if you have a more quote unquote negative body image, you value yourself more based on your own perception of your body. So you end up letting, you know, your appearance in the mirror or what the number on the scale says, or a photo, for example, you let that define your emotions and how you treat yourself. And, and you have more elevated, like negative thoughts as a result of that versus a more positive body image, which is 
See, this is where it can get tricky is that I think a lot of people assume, oh, it just means that then you like your body or you appreciate your body. And I, I don't love that definition because I think that we're still then really creating this hyper-focus back on liking our appearance, which our appearance changes and our perception of our appearance changes based on like other stuff that's going on in our life. So when I work with people towards a positive body image, I really like to work with them on divesting their sense of self-worth and their sense of self from their perception of their body. So that again, coming back to like what I said is just so that you can look in the mirror and maybe you're not, but it's just, it just is what it is, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're going to have ups and downs, but it's not going to throw you. Like I I always make the comparison to parallel parking. I'm actually a really good parallel parker. It's one of my (laughs) hidden talents, but if I wasn't, or if you're not like, you don't let that make or break you. Right. And I'm a good parallel parker, but I'm not, (laughs) that's not defining how I feel about myself. But if you're not, if you're a terrible parallel parker, you're not like out there thinking, Oh, what's wrong with me like oh my gosh I hate myself why can't I park properly and that's the way I want us to think about our body not in that sense but in the way of that it's just a neutral thing like parallel parking like it's some people are good at it some people aren't but it's like not a big deal or some days you're good at it and some days you didn't do a good job at it but it's not a big deal and so that's where I would like us to be more inclined to go with our bodies and with a healing body image and because I think that when we keep the focus on the appearance again it's like this expectation that we have to like the way we look and we're all aging out of beauty standards. Like I think that we can define and express how we want to express our identity, but I don't want the reflection to be telling us like how we should feel about ourselves. And it creates this other kind of like expectation that then we're beating ourselves up if we don't like the way we look. And I think that's also problematic. Yeah. So, yeah. I know you wanted a simple answer, but I, no, I don't think it's a simple answer. Like I, I love the way that you said it. Cause I think it's like multi-layered. There's so much that goes behind it. And I agree something that I like the quote that I love is like this body confidence piece. It's no matter how I feel about my body, I know that my body is good. Like I don't need to love it today. And I don't need any of that to know that it, it's good and it deserves care. Mm. I also feel like a conversation like this and just viewing it that way makes like body image just more accessible to all bodies because if the goal was to love your body and like you need to love your body in order to be body positive I mean you've named it at the beginning but there are different privileges if you live in a thin body versus a standardized body versus a fat body like it's not the same level (laughs) and it's not Mm -hmm. the same type of work because when you live in a society that keeps telling you that your body needs to be thinner it is hard so if your idea is that I need to love exactly how it is like it's like an impossible standard that time, or it can feel that way anyways. Oh, yeah. You live in a larger body. You can definitely love your body a hundred percent. But when you're starting this work and you're like, the goal is for me to love all pieces of my body at all times and be on this high all of the time. Like it's just not accessible. No, it's, yeah, it's not accessible and it's not realistic. And you bring up a good point, like just mentioning, like it's more about how you're treating yourself when it, it really is. It's about the actions versus the destination. It's about like, how can you show up and offer yourself acceptance? How can you show yourself compassion? How you can you show yourself respect? How can you show yourself trust? Like those are really the actions that are going to cultivate a more better relationship with your body, right? And I think that's a better goal to have is I want to have a better relationship with my body and I want to value myself beyond my, how I look like that's, I think going to be much more fruitful in this work than like trying to love your cellulite. Cause I just think that's like pretty frivolous and doesn't really help. 
No, I mean, it's no, great if you do, but a hundred percent like encouraging it, but it's also not needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Image. And I'd love to like talk a little bit more of that role of self-worth. So when we think about like for a lot of us in our stories, it's almost like our self-worth at one point, depending on our bodies and how it looks like. And we put like all our eggs in that basket of like, once I reach this goal weight, then I will be happy and confident and get all the things because we just have this belief that weight loss is the end all be all. But I'm curious, like when we work with people or even people like who are listening, who are like, oh my God, yeah, I still have so much of my self-worth tied to my body. Like what would be some steps for us to start like detangling that a little bit and allowing ourselves maybe more space to build self-worth outside of the body? Yeah, that's such a huge question. So I think let's start by defining what self-worth is. And I have my own definition for it when I work with people. Like my definition of it is knowing who you are and knowing that who you are is valuable and worthy. And so I think that it's like then, okay, like we can look at those two points when we're talking about building self-worth and the, the knowing who you are piece. I think a lot of us have identified ourselves as always being on a diet or the healthy one, or the one who's like always exercising that has shaped our identity for a lot of people. Like I, my identity was like, I was on the quest to just always lose the weight once and for all. Mm-hmm. That was like that. And then my identity was like the paleo crossfitter like that. And so I think that, that we have to kind of look to shed those identities. I can create a lot of, oh my God, who am I? And that's where it's actually a fun part of the process is like rediscovering who you are. And so when I talk about who you are, it's really about knowing what do you really value? What brings you a sense of fulfillment in this world? What brings you a sense of purpose? What qualities do you offer this world? What do people, what do other people appreciate in you? And can you appreciate those things in yourself and, and like what, yeah, what lights you up? Those are, those are a whole bunch of questions and they could send people on a massive self-discovery. And often it can take like a long time to sort of figure those things out. But when we can focus our attention more on just being really curious about that, like, what do I, what do I really value? What, what are people going to say about me at my funeral? Not that I had a great butt, like they're going <laughs> to say other things about me. And can I like tune into what those things are? And can I appreciate those things about myself? And once we've uncovered that and really sort of gone on this like route of self-discovery, then we can start to think, okay, can we also reinforce that who we are is valuable and worthy? And I think that really comes from looking at how we speak to ourselves. I do a lot of work with people using self-compassion and teaching people how to speak more compassionately to themselves and really like tune into that. There is an inner voice within all of us that knows that we're valuable and worthy. Some people can't hear it at all. And some people, it's maybe a really faint whisper that we can start to access. And it's just about beginning to access that voice within us and starting to strengthen it, starting to amplify it, starting to really tune into it and rely on it. That sounds a bit woo-woo, but it's really about finding like our own voice of power to strengthen it and learning to understand where these thoughts and feelings have come from. And yes, so there's probably more to this, but like processing feelings is another piece of it. Because if you're holding on to a lot of shame, it's really hard to be compassionate to yourself. So helping, like allowing yourself to feel um, and doing that obviously with a professional is always extremely helpful because it, they can really help you like peel back those layers. That's what I do when I work with people. But that, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you're right. There's so many layers. It's not like, 
you'll do step one to five and then you're going to love so much yeah and it's and it and like having worked with people for so long around this like the thing that that I really want people to understand is just that it's an ongoing process. I think that we're constantly needing to be compassionate with ourselves and really root ourselves in what we value and know the elements of who we are. And that's just not like a one and done thing. It's not, Hey, fill out this worksheet and then you're good to go. It's, this is like an ongoing process and it requires us to show up for ourselves and ride the ups and downs. Because even if you divest your self-worth from your body, there may still be other stuff like other people's opinions or your accomplishments or like what your relationship status. There's a lot of different ways that we value who we are. And that's actually why I love this work because it can address all of those things as well. But it's like an iterative process. It's just, it's not one and done. It's a a series of sort of daily practices to be able to cultivate this over time. Hey, I'm just quickly stopping this podcast episode to tell you more about the Balance Program. So the Balance Program is my signature six-month program that was designed to help you heal your relationship with food and your body. And this January 2023, we are going to be reopening doors, which is so exciting. I'm so excited to welcome more of you wonderful humans inside the program. This program is really for you if you're really ready to do the work to ditch diet culture, change your relationship with food to become more empowered with food and confident and do the body image work. As we're talking about through this podcast episode, this idea of being able to detach your self-worth from body image is so important to live this full life outside of diet culture. And I really believe that this work, you know, is a challenging work. Like we are challenging old beliefs that we had. So having support through it can be so beautiful and helpful. And I think the balance program can be the perfect spot for you. If you're really ready to do this work and receive some high level coaching and be part of a community that is just so wonderful and beautiful. So I'm going to invite you to go to www.thebalancepractice.com forward slash program to get more information, but also to join and apply for the wait list. I encourage it because you're going to get some bonuses if you join the wait list and then decide to join the program. So if you are interested, my friend, I highly suggest that you at least check it out, at least join the wait list. You don't have to commit to anything, but you're going to get all of the information and perks. All right, let's get back to the episode. Oh, no, I love that. And I really, I often always see this as like the iceberg effect of people see the food and body and they're like, this is what I need to work on. And then we're like, and then underneath there's like this, the self-worth and the boundaries and the relationship and like all of the other things that are coming with it or like that it will impact all of it anyways. And I like when you say this sounds like woohoo when we're like talking about like our self-compassion and voice and all of these things. And something I like to remind my clients is it's very easy for us to identify your self-critic. Like you wouldn't find that woo-woo when we're talking about your self-critic. You're like, yeah, this is just the thing. The, the other verse is there too. We just often don't hear it as well, or it's just has been muted for so long. But to, yeah, like, exactly. to be turned on, I think it's just, yeah, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love how you define that the different steps of knowing what is self-worth, but then knowing who we are outside of like diets and bodies. And I know that part for me was the most scary. It was refiguring that out because for many, I think can relate to this. Like you spend so much of your brain juice on like, food and body. And then you're like, but if there's not that, then what? 
yeah what else is there to me like what else do I bring to the table like I'm the person who can tell you how much calories there's in spinach <laughs> but like aside from that I don't know so it's such a cool thing that you're like really positioning it as such a positive things when you get to come home to you and rediscover who is you outside of the diets and all yeah exactly it's true that like I used to call myself a career dieter because it was literally like the amount of hours I spent it was like having a a second full-time job and and you end up reclaiming a lot of time and space and sometimes that can bring up a lot of uncomfortable feelings because again like you were likely using it as a coping mechanism and so when that coping mechanism isn't there anymore it can bring up a lot of discomfort and so I think it's like that's why I'm doing this work in a supportive like with some support is always recommended if you can manage that but it's it is it's really great and it's really scary at the same time and it's so normal to feel that way to feel those things together because it's it's exciting and this is really going to be really positive and I'm shitting my pants over I don't know who I am or like I I've been in these patterns for decades of my life and now I don't know what to do with myself (laughs) exactly like I'm asking myself to feel and feelings are scary and big and sometimes yeah exactly yeah and I love so you have a message where you talk about being like rebellious against body shame and dieting and I'd love to hear more about this like what does that mean to like rebel against these things I'm like really loving that vibe so I'd love for us to talk about what that means yeah I've always had a very rebellious energy like I've always (laughs) been like if you tell me what to do I'm going to do the complete opposite except when it came to dieting for some reason that was the one that like I didn't (laughs) didn't go against until later. Uh, But anyways, I think that it's like, we have to understand that, that none of this stuff was, all of this stuff was learned is what I'm trying to say. We came into this world. We didn't hate our body. If you look at a baby, if you look at a young child, like they don't, they have not received any of these messages. So all of this stuff is learned. And there's people who profit off of this. The diet industry is billions of dollars. The beauty industry is billions of dollars, the wellness industry. I don't have the specific amounts, but they're worth like just so much money. And that is profiting off of our insecurities. If you think about all the time, all the energy, all the money that you've dedicated towards trying to pursue thinness, it's, it would, you could probably buy I don't know, like a bunch of other stuff that's really nice or have gone back and done like a PhD in school or something. Not that I'm saying that you like should have done those things, but I think that when you look at it, it just takes so much of our time and energy. And Naomi Wolf has that quote from the beauty myth where she says it's like the most potent political sedative. And I think that once I started to really understand it from this social justice perspective, like to really understand that as Sonia Renee Taylor calls body terrorism, that there's people who are like, it's maintaining these systems of power essentially, right? Like when we are engaging in dieting, when we're really like internalizing these fat phobic beliefs, like we're upholding these systems of power where let's call it like white men remain in these positions of power and systems like the patriarchy and fat phobia and racism and ageism and all these other things stay as the status quo. And it's not our, so it's not our fault that we've like learned to be, to think this way. It's not our fault that we engage in dieting. But I think that once you understand that social justice perspective, it can be very galvanizing. And that's where that rebellious energy can come from. Cause it's, I don't want to participate in that. Like I want to fight back against that. I don't want people to be treated that way. 
And I want to use that energy to really say, screw you system. I'm not going to engage in that anymore. I am not going to follow those rules. I'm going to take my own power back and reclaim it. And so I think that that's, I found that piece to be really helpful for people, especially if you identify more with more like feminist oriented values. Once you sort of make that connection, you're like, oh my gosh, like people are profiting off of this. This is upholding the very thing that I am trying to fight against. And therefore like that really can build that fire in you to say, okay, I want, I want to break free of this for myself and to help other people to do that too. Yeah. I love that so much. I had read a quote and I'm going to butcher it and I don't even know where it's from, but it was something along the lines of the best way to dismantle a system of oppression is just to decide to live like truly, like freely and within your own will and everything that you want to do. And I'm like, it's such a cool thing that we think about like your healing journey is a huge step towards dismantling. Like when everybody chooses to heal and everybody chooses to do their own work, like how cool is it? Like we're changing the system. Like we're changing it. Like there, there's no room for it to stay if we're all against it type of thing, which I find. Yeah, exactly. And once you have that awareness, then there's more people oriented to actually change the systems, right? Like healthcare yeah. and to do advocacy work or education against medical fat phobia and like all these other things. And so I think that it, it is so true and it goes far beyond the individual. Like it's like you're one piece of it. And then it's what you decide to do with that as a result to try to help change the culture is the other really important piece of it. Yeah, I do agree. The system still does need to change. (laughs) Oh yeah. Systems still need to do their job and change. Um, It's just impactful. It's just super impactful when we get to do this work, which I find it yeah, just super cool. And I'm curious to know, so we talked a lot about self-worth, the body image, you use compassion and shame is often probably something that comes up quite a lot. Yeah. They're like body shame or just shame in general. Like it's such a strong emotion that I think diet culture profits off because Mm -hmm. yeah, super hard, but I'm wondering how maybe we would like counteract that when someone is having a lot of shame, especially like around their body, especially if they're living in a body that may not be the thin ideal. Like how do we work through some of these really hard feelings? Yeah. So I think that it's totally normal to, to feel that way. And again, as I said earlier, it's not your fault. It's really an innocent response to living in a culture that demonizes certain bodies. So of course it makes so much sense that you feel that way. And it really comes from, you know, this almost like internal protective response, right? I need to like protect myself from judgment or rejection or like other things. And as a result, like the voice of our inner critic gets really loud as, and that almost like masks the shame, I think, but underneath that, there is some of that, there is that shame. And I think that with shame, there's also a lot of other emotions that are usually there, whether it's like feelings of inadequacy, feelings of loneliness, feelings of disappointment. And when I, when we talk about emotions, I think that like acknowledgement is really important. So just like acknowledging that feeling and knowing that you're not alone and that there's space for you, like for, to feel that emotion. And if it feels unsafe, then I would always suggest that people do emotional work with a professional if they can. And knowing that there's so many other people out there that feel exactly the same way. So I think that finding like 
communities, finding like-minded individuals, because once you see your story mirrored, once you hear it mirrored, and obviously that's what, where podcasts like yours and, and mine, like can be extremely beneficial. Mm-hmm. We realize we're not alone and that can diffuse some of that shame. Mm-hmm. In addition, like I think, you know, Brene Brown always says shame can't survive secrecy or no, it can't survive being spoken. Sorry. It thrives in secrecy and being able to talk about it. And again, like finding like safe communities or professionals to have that space where you can talk about it is another really important way to start to work through that and diffuse it. But I think it's like shame is always going to pop up. It's an emotion. Like we're just, we're going to feel shame on certain days and not others. And so I think to say we want to get rid of it completely is is inaccurate. I think maybe we want to try and reduce the shame we have about our body. Yes. But shame in and of itself will still make appearances based on other things that are happening in our lives. But yeah, I guess if I had to like compartmentalize that, I would say it's not your fault. It's an innocent and protective response, finding communities and learning how to like, to really give voice to it and to, in order to process those feelings. Yeah, no, I love that so much. And I love how we're like, the goal is not to never feel those negative emotions again. Like I think emotions are messengers. They tell us a lot of information and data that we need to have to be able to then choose a response. But I love that too, like the community piece. I think that's like my favorite part about having like group programs that like I realized was going to be good, but I didn't realize at which extent it was going to be beneficial. Like you're like healing in a group. You're like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Like we get this community, but when you get people who are able to connect and share and oh, it's just amazing. It's just amazing when we're able to relate to other people and then definitely know that we're not alone. Cause I think that's one of the big thing with diets and diet cultures that they make us believe that we are the problem. Like everybody else who did this diet, like succeeded, what's wrong with you. <laughs> and yeah. a lot of us start feeling that way. Of, okay. Everybody else got it. Everybody else is able to like, what is my problem? Why can't I do it? And I think when you're in a group setting or when you have a community and you're able to be like, I was never me. Like I was not the issue. Like it's so healing. Yeah. It's extremely powerful. The group groups are extremely powerful. And I think a lot of people don't have people in their own inner circle that get it. Like, I think a lot of people still have friends or partners in their inner circle who are still like maintaining diety behaviors or fat phobic beliefs and it's hard to find individuals who really get it and so that's where yeah seeking out that outside of maybe your immediate like friend group if they don't understand can just be so helpful because otherwise you feel like just like you're like okay nobody gets this am I doing like maybe there's maybe I am wrong maybe I'm wrong doing this you know what I mean you start to question it and and that makes the process harder yeah, no, I love that so much. And last question for you that I wanted to talk about, and I think you talked a little bit about it at the beginning. So I feel like this is very full circle. Is there such thing as I have recovered from my body image issues? Like I'm completely recovered from this. Or do you see this more as it's not like a place where we stop? It's like something that we just continue to work through. What is your view on this? Yeah, I think it's the question would be like, what does it even mean to recover from it? And I think that some people have the expectation that like, I'm just going to feel really good every day. And so that's where I would like be like, let's check that expectation. That's like a little unrealistic because you're not going to feel good every day. And so I think that it is possible to really get to a place where you feel just pretty neutral in your body every day. And I think, but I think that like, depending on what you experience, like depending on the level of oppression or privilege that you hold, like you're, you may have a greater level of awareness of your body because it doesn't feel safe in certain environments and, or going, going to the doctor and things like that. So I think that is an important piece to call out too, but to really 
get to a place where you can, again, just see a picture or look in the mirror and you don't have an emotional reaction. They do feel like that's pretty accessible and achievable, but I do think also that like it takes practice. It's not just something that you do and then you're done and you never think about it again. I think that because a lot of us have used this as a coping mechanism, it's something that we have to have awareness of. And instead, what we really want to focus on is building resiliency because the culture still is quite fat phobic and we want to build greater resiliency to that messaging. We want to understand how to respond if we get triggered. We want to know how to work through negative thoughts and feelings if they do pop up. And we want to have a greater ability to really like tap into more compassionate responses and and behaviors within ourselves more naturally. And so I think that like we can cultivate all of those things. And by doing that, then if something does pop up, we're able to like work through it, move through it pretty quickly. We're not like spiraling like we used to. So that's how I, if I were to set an expectation with someone and be like, here, this is, this is where I see our outcome is that you being able to do the things you want to do on your body and feel so much better, but also knowing that not every day is going to be great. And knowing that you'll have tools to be able to work through those moments where it doesn't feel good. And you'll be able to be more resilient and be more compassionate towards yourself. Yeah, I love that. I see it the same way. It's like, I do believe that you can recover from it, but recovery is not like I'm no longer put off the gas. I do nothing. And now I just stay here for the rest of my life. It's almost like life post-diet culture. Like we still do things for ourselves. We're still human here. So there's still like things that we continue to do, like any other type of like self-development or whatever that we continue to, you know, work on it, but it's just not as acute. It's not as hard. It's not as painful as maybe it was when we were deep in diet culture. Yeah. I still, I, for me, it's not necessarily about, it's not about my body size anymore, but it's about aging. Like when I'm going through stuff, like I'll start like focusing on like my wrinkles and like, I'll start being like, I should get Botox. And I'm like, Oh no, that's my coping mechanism now. So it's just like another layer that's been unlocked. But so it's interesting how that's shifted for me. So I have to, I obviously have to do some work around internalized ageism and what that means to me, but, but yeah, so that's just an example of how it's not like a a one and done thing. And there's also, there are certain environments I wouldn't want to partake in like I wouldn't want to go to a gym where like people are really body focused and everyone yeah. looks rip shredded like I don't that's not good for me like even now even having done this for so many years like I just there's certain things that like I will do to protect myself and I think that's like a very normal and healthy thing is just like 100%. protect your well-being yeah you need to be like boundaries boundaries no all of the time like when you're <laughs> environment like your energy is just being sucked you're like yeah, like that was a mental one today all I did was like fucking block <laughs> all the negativity <laughs> yeah yeah like we have to you have to like watch out for this stuff and I and like really just watch what you're taking in because that yeah. can really influence how you're feeling about yourself as I'm you know, sure most people listening know that by now <laughs> yeah yeah, no, I love that. Thank you for so much for being on the podcast. I feel like this episode was so good. We covered like a lot of ground and talked a lot about a bunch of different things, but I do think it was really helpful for everybody to hear. So could you tell us where people can find you, if they can work with you? Like, where are you at? Yeah, so everything's on my website. You can go to thebodyimagecoach.com. 
and that will take you to my website, which is summerinandin.com, but not a lot of people can spell that. <laughs> and that um, that's very smart. <laughs> <laughs> and also my podcast is called Eat the Rules. So there's over 240 episodes there. In particular, I have a, a whole series called the Body Image Series, where there's tons of episodes that are really related to different aspects of body image. I also have a free 10-day body confidence makeover program that people can take on my website. And and yeah, and also I also work with professionals too, to help them be able to work with clients around body image. And my social media is just at summer in and in, but all of that can be found at the body image coach.com. Yeah. yeah. And everything <laughs> will be in show notes guys. So if you just go to your app, scroll a little bit, you'll get all of those information. So you can just click. So then it's like super easy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Summer. Yeah, of course. All right. So we're going to finish with our fun questions for today. The okay. first question for you is what is your favorite food? Oh, this is, I just love so many foods, but two weeks ago I went to a friend's house and he did smoked pork belly with the most delicious glaze that I've, it was literally, I said to him, I was like, if I have a last meal, it's this. So I will go with smoked pork belly for today. (laughs) I I love that. Awesome. If you had a superpower, what would it be? To be able to fall asleep anytime. I'm so yeah. jealous of people who can do that. I'm the worst sleeper. I know. So my two thoughts were like, wow, this is such an adult wish. <laughs> I know. The second I was like, yes, that would be the best. <laughs> yeah, because then I would have way more energy when I need it. Like I would never be sleep deprived. It would be amazing. Even like power naps, like I have 10 minutes, go in, out, boom. Yeah, yeah. I like it. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. What is your favorite way to self-care? To go to the beach and just relax and look at the water and mountains and things like that. I live in Vancouver, so we get a lot of that here. That is amazing. That's so good. And then last question for you, what does balance mean to you? I think it means like honoring whatever season of life I'm in. So if I'm in a season of life that is really tough or stressful, being able to meet myself where I'm at, have a lot of forgiveness, have a lot of compassion, being really gentle with myself. And if I'm having a season of life where I'm feeling really upbeat and like productive and get stuff done, then honoring those energies too. So I think it's meeting myself where I'm at and knowing that's not, sometimes it can last weeks, months, sometimes days, and that there's no expectation around, okay, this many days a week, I have to do this thing and eat this thing and move this way. It's just really letting it go to honor whatever season's here. That is like so beautiful. Oh, I wish thanks. For everyone to be able to do that. Just what do I want today? What do I need? Can I meet myself here with compassion? Like, that's so beautiful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, awesome. Thank you again so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate our conversations. And then for everybody listening, don't forget to go check the show notes and go check her out. Thank you. Yeah. So Thank you. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I love talking to Summer. So if you want to learn more about Summer, all her informations are in the show note. Check her out. She's amazing on Instagram. Does all of the real and content. It's so good. And I hope that you really enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave me a review. It means so much to me as it really helps this podcast grow. I hope again that this podcast was helpful for you. I hope that you've learned something. If you did, please let me know. And on that note, I will catch you next week in the next episode.